Hello, my lovelies. This is the Sober Manifesto. My name is Dinny, and I am not only your host, but I am a mindset coach, a realtor, and a manifesting master. With this podcast, it is my intention to inspire you into action to help you elevate your life to receive more wealth and happiness. Whether you want to take your business to the next level, find true love, or just attract more money and abundance, this podcast is for you. I will be sharing with you how I personally transformed my life, healing my relationship with money, and changing my mindset to believe that I was worthy of being a badass boss bitch. Life is not a competition, people. It is a community, and there is enough abundance for everyone. So join me today as we grow with gratitude, lift each other up, maybe cry a little bit, and just start winning. You guys, the Sober Manifesto has returned. Welcome to season two. This time we have on our best suit, we are back in the business world. We're going to be focusing on sobriety, entrepreneurial mindset, and why I always opt for service over sales. Throughout the next six weeks, six, I will walk you through every step you need to take to change your life and keep it that way. So grab yourself a copper, take a seat and get ready because you are about to become a whole different person. Woo! Now, firstly, I think it's time we take a little recap. It's been about six months since the last episode of Series 1 aired. And although I originally planned to create a second series for 2022, I kind of decided that I would just concentrate on me for a while. And it's a good thing I did. I do have a lot to share with you. But if you know me, you know I do not dwell on the negative things. So for all the stressful things that happened to me last year, we're going to just breeze past them. We're going to acknowledge them because they are part of my life, but we're going to quickly move on. Actually, let's start. Let's start there. All right, where are we? Okay, shortly, shortly after the last episode, I moved into our new house. It's about three hours north of where we were before. Now, it's brand new, it's beautiful, and it's most definitely the home I've been manifesting for about a year, a year previous to even meeting Angel. Now, shortly after that, we flew to North Carolina to watch my daughter graduate from high school. Oh, it was the first time I'd had all four of my babies in the same room for quite a long time. So I was in absolute heaven. I think we were there for a few days. It was a great, it was a great few days, minus some uncomfortable moments in the co-parenting scheme of things. All right, negative moment number one. New girlfriend of the ex-husband doesn't care for me too much. And I don't know. I don't know if it's the product of my ex manipulating situations for his own good. And, you know, we do that. This, you know all hail the ex-husband and all that, but we do do that. And he probably didn't even plan for me actually divorcing him in the end and giving uh, giving zero fucks from then on about him and zero fucks about who he wanted to be with. I don't know. I wanted to be friends with him. I don't care who he shares his life with. Just as long as my kids feel comfortable, I'm happy, right? I don't know. My plan for my kids' life is that they never have to feel uncomfortable in wanting to be able to have everyone they love in the same room in those most important times, right? So graduation was one of those most important times. Um, And the first graduation I had um, had for one of my children, and it was the first major opportunity that we'd had to be together as co-parenting a family since we got divorced. And I couldn't even make it 10 minutes into the graduation party. It's not that I wasn't allowed to be part of throwing it but it was in their house and every time I kind of made suggestions that I wanted to be a part of it yeah you know it was their house it was nothing to do with me so I wasn't a part of the graduation party throwing it 
I don't know. I shrugged it out. But I just didn't feel welcome in the house. I don't know. It wasn't him. We have a very unique friendship. And he comes to stay at our house when he visits Utah. But apparently, actually per a discussion we actually had recently at my house when he stayed for a week, was in order for me to get her to open up more to me, I have to apologize. I have to apologize. Um, no, I don't know what I'm apologizing for. I'm not apologizing. I'm, am I over him? Yes. Am I in any way jealous or envious of her? No, she's honestly, she's a very pretty woman. Did they start their relationship while I was still married? Absolutely. Yes. A fact he admits, but downplays. And I actually, you know, I did think about not speaking about this publicly, but I share everything with you guys for a reason, because I've changed my life. And in order for you to change your life, I need you to connect, right? We need to connect with each other. So although, although I would lay down and die for my babies, I can't apologize to someone about being reactive during a really emotional time. Okay, what? Okay, let me backtrack a bit. Why he wants me to apologize, what he's referring to is when we all lived in the same state, she was visiting him from her state. When I dropped the kids off, she was there. I hadn't, I couldn't see her. She was in his apartment. I was outside. I just had this thing come over me where I had to see her face. I just wanted to know who this woman was. Just because she was the reason we split up. Now, it triggered me. Yes, it triggered this whole ass divorce. But <laughs> I just ran up the stairs. All I wanted to do was see her face. He immediately reacted like I was about to fight her. And he still says that even my daughter says I was crazy that day. But I was. We were very fresh into splitting up. I was reactive. Remember that word, please. Reactive. But not to fight the woman. I just wanted to see her face. How, don't you hate it when in arguments people create a little posse of people who agree with them but aren't there to actually verbally agree like your daughter our daughter said that you were crazy too she agrees with me my mum agrees with me my best friend says the same thing about you sue the cashier at walmart warned me about this whatever come on man anyway i wasn't gonna lay a finger on her my fucking, number one, my, my kids were there. I just wanted, like every other woman in the world, to know what she looked like. Now, I found out a few months later, very pretty woman. She seemed polite enough. She loves, loves, loves my little girls. She's very, very good to them. She's really good with them. And her mum is too. So I really do try to make it work. But at this point, I tried to make it work. But at, at this point... He's a priority for me when I'm making decisions for family events, whatever. But my fiance comes first. My children come first. I come first. But her, oh man, I'm out. There's only so long you can keep trying to make a situation work when you realize you're just much better staying out of it. My kids will know I tried. Anyway, the kids stayed behind when I left North Carolina that summer. So for the whole summer... It was just me and Angel and Taya. Okay, we can't forget Taya. Um, but I got really quiet and I got really sad and it was a real test to my sobriety. And in my life, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of positivity and I really hate using the word manifest sometimes because TikTok have made it into this whole trend 
and it's bullshit. The manifesting TikTok trend is bullshit, but that's, we're going to get into that later on in this, in this series. But the time alone, it really made me think about who I was, why I was where I was mentally, and I wanted to focus on my sobriety and the brand new course that I have developed throughout this entire journey. I started writing it for about a year before I got um, sober and then all this time since, nearly two years. So I really wanted to concentrate on that and deliver a product to anybody out there who wants to get sober um, that will work for them. So I really was thinking about if I had, if this was me a couple of years ago and they had to go to their dads for a couple of months, I don't think I would have made it. I really don't. I think that my level of addiction, when we, in that year we were separated and they were just going at their dads for the weekend, that's when my addiction got so much worse. If I had to be without them for three months, I think I would have died. I would have killed myself with alcohol. Not on purpose. I mean, okay, yes, I would. You get it. You totally get it. But it made me think a lot about sobriety and what does sobriety mean? The dictionary describes sobriety to be the quality or state of being sober. Now, for more years than I care to admit, I would absolutely experience periodic states of sobriety, like during the day, most days, a few nights a week, maybe a whole week here and there. So that definition only really describes the word. It completely bypasses the feeling. (sighs) And it got me thinking, wouldn't it be great if there was a dictionary that defined words by their emotional impact on the world? So bear with me for a minute. Look, if you looked at sobriety, you would see the words free, clear, proud, absence of shame and guilt, powerful, fearless. Sobriety didn't give me my life back. I had no life before sobriety. I started conforming to self-medication for my responses to trauma from a very, very young age. Smoking and drinking and sex, whatever I could do to feel normal. I would do it and I would do it to excess. Now, even talking about it makes me pause and like catch my breath because I never want to go back to that. So when I finally found sobriety, I was gifted a whole new life. One separate from anything I had ever, ever lived before. One where I choose my experiences and I'm present in them, not struggling through anxiety or teetering on the line of tipsy and blackout. Sobriety is presence. It's living in the moment, not scared of the future or traumatized from the past. Sobriety was the single most reason I lost out on so many opportunities in my life. So when people's perceptions of being alcoholic, being an alcoholic... Um, come at me they never surprise me many people think that if you're an alcoholic you have to be rolling around for 23 and a half of the 24 hours popping bottles for breakfast that is what they consider to be an alcoholic now in reality you're an alcoholic when you lose control you may have no off switch you may need to drink to feel normal you may be fine monday tuesday wednesday but the rest of the week you're partying so hard you're skipping your kids PTA meetings because you're too hungover or or losing a valuable client because you weren't able to show up when you're needed to. Alas, if you're one of those people who says, I don't care how hungover I am, I will never stand a client up. Showing up hungover, you are not your best and you are mental if you think that you won't be worth more if you had a clear head and your mind was sharp. Now, I'm an entrepreneur and entrepreneurship comes with the unique flexibility that most nine to fivers don't have. 
And if you are prone to bad habits, you may start to notice the lack of accountability paired with high pressured industry causes you to have issues with negative coping mechanisms without you even realizing it. Many business owners or high flyers uh, in sales will understand me when I say that in order to be optimally successful, you need to get your face out there. So networking, intermingling with others who could be potentially beneficial to the success and growth of your career, it's necessary. And more often than not, it happens when with an abundance of alcohol and fancy food. For centuries, we've attributed alcohol with celebration and success, and it's about time that we walked away from that notion. An entrepreneur who has achieved sobriety, to me, has already done one of two things. Firstly, prove to themselves that they can make a hard choice and be consistent in choosing that same choice every day. And two, they have realized that their clients are deserving of, a, of having an experience where no matter what happens during the course of your business interactions, you will always be 100% on the ball and present. I've been in real estate a long time and I've seen so many deals hit shit town for so many random reasons jeopardizing two families' lives and potentially causing homelessness. Now, what the fuck are you going to do if you get that call on a Saturday from your seller that her pipe has burst, you're closing next week and the entire basement is flooded? She's a single mum, she's selling her house to be near family, so right now she's alone. She needs you and the buyer needs you, but they have a VA loan and it's subject to the home being in a certain condition for the loan to fund. Now listen... This is a message to everyone who chooses that kind of career. No one says that you can't drink, but even those who are lucky enough to be responsible, be aware. Just be aware. However, to all of my people out there who do not have the luxury of having an off switch, what the fuck are you going to do when this happens? A couple of years ago, I missed out on a really big deal, actually. A prospective client who had a $1.5 million home to sell, he called me one night during the week. It's about six o'clock. Now I was already tipsy, closer to drunk. I wasn't blackout or anything because I remember the conversation, but I was slurring my words definitely. I was trying to get off the phone, telling him that I was going to call in the next day, but he was insistent. So I did the best I could, but my inhibitions were definitely altered. Basically, you know when you're trying your hardest to act sober, but everyone around you knows you're drunk? Yes, that was me. I tried to call him the next day after my hangover cleared a little bit, but he ghosted me. I needed that deal so bad. Now, it wasn't that unexpected because for weeks I was waiting for him to call. He was out of the country and we had scheduled a call for I think like the Friday or something. It was, it was a few days after we actually called. But he got back early and he called me and it was unexpected. I wasn't prepared and I wasn't able to perform. Can you be an entrepreneur and still drink? Yeah, of course you can. And you can be really, really successful. Can you be an alcoholic and an entrepreneur and still drink? In my opinion, I mean, yes. But you're doing yourself and most importantly, your clients and injustice. You can't be your best anything when you're allowing something that doesn't serve you to rule your life. Your life. Let's talk about that now. The majority of my sphere, my listeners, my family of manifestors, my cohorts, my friends, my business partners, the people I have chosen to be in my life since I took pen to paper and created it, we're all like-minded people. People who agree that there is something else, something more, something more than the service of life that you have been taught to believing. Many of you have read or watched movies and books like The Secret, been thrust copies of Napoleon Hill to increase your, increase your client list or sales every month. 
You're here because you know, even if it's not with your whole heart just yet, that through all the signs you have been seeing, all the numbers, the synchronicities, that something else is out there. You're destined to be better, to be greater. You just don't know where to start. Now, I'd say here is probably as good a place as any. Now, most logical people will tell you that to get what you want, you have to earn it. You have to work hard, change who you are, be more like them and less like you. And with that, the pressure to perform and maintain every aspect of your life, work, kids, etc. With that, you'll probably develop some pretty bad habits. That's why you're here. That's why I'm here. Food, alcohol, drugs, porn, whatever. You are here because you want me to let you in on a secret. To tell you that if you do these insert here five things every day for a week, you will magically be trans surfed into a new life where nothing hurts. You are never broke. You can say no to that second drink or second plate. You can leave that person who makes you cry and you can look yourself in the mirror and smile. Now, I am sorry, but that doesn't exist. So fuck you, TikTok, who keeps telling everybody that you can just do these things for 30 seconds. Like this post and you will have a million dollars by the bloody morning. Whatever. Now, I've learned something. I've learned something in these few months since the last series of The Sober Manifesto. I have learned that the real secret behind the law of attraction is this. If you're serious about manifesting your dream life, it's going to take more than a new notebook and pen. And if you want sobriety and have tried every trick in the book, this might just be the place for you. So let's start with the purge. It's usually the place that we start together, but it's the most important place. Old belief systems, old habits, old friends, old clothes, junk in drawers. Get rid of it. Get rid of it all. I have two rules, and that is if it doesn't serve you, let it go and don't stop. So those logical people did actually get one thing right. You do have to work hard, but not in the way that they want you to think. For lots of people, suddenly changing their mindset is really not an easy thing to do. Now, notice I said mindset. I don't want you to change who you are. As you grow and develop through this, you will naturally gravitate towards becoming the person that you want to be, but none of it will be forced. This is a journey. Not even death is the final destination. Once you start this, this can't be like some MLM that you signed up for that bores you. And in a month, you start ignoring your upline or your third try at 75 heard, uh, heard hard that you couldn't find time for. The gym you try to get up for but never quite make it. And I'm saying all those things because those are all things that I did in the past. But they're relatable because I'm not the only person who tried and didn't succeed. This is a shift. It requires nothing more than believing it. Every second of every day, regardless of what's going on, whatever the scenario, it requires no dieting, no working out, no getting up early. Just your commitment to having faith that no matter what, no matter what's going on, you are where you are meant to be. And listen, everything's going to be okay. From this moment on, you will understand that nothing about your past actually has to affect your present. The future, where it's none of your business. And no excuse you can give me will ever fucking justify abusing yourself for comfort any longer. If you want to progress into a place in reality where you are happier than you have ever been, then you have to commit to being a happier person. It it sounds simple and stupid, but it's true. 
If you've listened to my podcast before, then you've really heard me talk about those people who say things like shit happens quite a lot. Well, if you say it, it happens. You are what you say. I mean, use your words carefully, people. These are the same kind of negative people who use the word luck a lot as well. You know, oh my God, I've got such shit luck. All this bad stuff happens to me all the time, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. And anytime someone succeeds, they just say that person is really lucky, whatever. I can't spend that long around people who are very negative. It's because low vibrational people just fucking drain me. Like even physically, Now, you can Google this. There are real symptoms to prolonged exposure to low vibrations, like headaches, fatigue, muscle pains. But there's another scientific fact, that energy is attracted to like energy. So if low vibrational energy in people drains me, I want to be around high-frequency vibrations, right? High-frequency vibrations are so positively powerful that there are even cancer treatments that implement using high-intensity focus ultrasound, which is basically high-frequency vibrations. Google it. I don't know the ins and outs of it. I'm not a doctor. But we don't need to have an intense conversation about it right here, right now. I mean, we can, we can talk about that in a live soon, but come on. Happy people just attract happy people. And when you're around someone who's really positive, you feel good about yourself. I need more of those people in my life, let me tell you. So if you're in the Utah area and you're looking for some friends, hit me up, please. I need a girls' night. I need dinner. I need friends. Ugh, I'm trying to hang out with myself more, but <laughs> I'm not that fun alone. Now, listen, I, I don't need to prove to you that happiness is infectious. That's not why I'm here. I'm getting a bit off topic, but you know this. You've experienced it. So I'm going to give you your first piece of homework. Instead of reacting to life, I want you to start responding. A reaction is an explosive and dangerous thing. A response is planned and thought out. Every response you will have will have these three elements. Feeling, ownership, and the silver lining. Now, for instance, you have a blowout with your partner. They storm out and you want to convert back to whatever comfort you have. Bad blowout. First thing you want to do is go pick up a drink. Go pick up a cookie. Go pick up an eight-piece nugget, a double chicken milk sandwich. I don't eat chicken at McDonald's. I don't even know why I said that. Anyway, feel it. Feel everything you need to feel and take ownership of what is yours. Then let it go. Let the rest go. Validate your feelings, of course. Take ownership of them. And then I need you to find the silver lining. Maybe in this case you didn't fuck up and it was all their fault and the only thing you were taking ownership for is shouting when you could have talked. The silver lining here may be at least you have someone to argue with or at least you didn't pick up a drink or a bag of chips. There is a silver, there's a positive in there somewhere, even if it's just a slither. Now, after this happens, after whatever negative experience that happens in your day, no matter how big, no matter how small, I need you to trust that no matter what happens, everything is going to be okay. Even in those moments where it feels like life couldn't get any worse. And believe me, I have been there multiple times. Chase that. Chase that thought out of your head and say it out loud. I will be okay. The universe will look out for me. I'm on the path where I need to be. I'm exactly where I need to be right now. 
Because if I can go back in time, hold my hand when I was 16 years old sitting in that hostel and say to myself, everything will be okay, I may not have struggled for as many years as I did unnecessarily because of my negative energy. Fear, fear will put you in the worst places, let me tell you. Now, there are lessons all around us and if you feel like you have been suffering through the same kind of shit for so long, it's probably because you're making the same mistakes and babe, this ain't your real estate exam. That you're not in school. Or maybe you are, but this is not an exam. This is not wait 60 days and come back take the test again. This is a test that you take day after day until you learn the course material, you understand it, and you smash it. So in conclusion, I'm really glad I got to share this first episode with you guys. Can you, can you manifest more clients? Can you manifest happiness? Can you manifest more money? Yes, you can manifest anything you fucking want. I mean, it's a given, right? A better car, lavish vacations. Yes, 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 many people have done it. But that's not the focus of our journey together. It's not the focus of my message at all. Together this year, we're going to sit down and we're going to dream about sustainability, about wealth and health, generational legacies. Although they don't seem as glamorous, this is where it's at. I don't want to give you a quick way out. I don't want to give you a lottery win or a path gilded in gold. Those paths have potholes. I want to hold your hand. I want to wrap my arms around you and show you how to normalize success, sober success, normalize positive success. You don't have to worry about being all woo-woo to want to be the kind of person who focuses on positivity, focuses on looking at yourself in the mirror and actually liking what you see. I want you to be the kind of person who has passion. If you're an entrepreneur, if you have an entrepreneurial mindset, then welcome home. If you're not, welcome home. Everybody is welcome here, it's a safe space. But we all do share one thing. And that's a passion for spending every minute that we have in this life as happy as possible. We're missing out on so much when we're doing anything to hurt others, to harm ourselves. Everything's gonna work out. And everything you want is out there and it's waiting. Now you're probably gonna have a million questions for me, right? I'm sure you are. And I wanna answer all of them. So go ahead, go to Instagram, find me as a sober manifester. You can find me on Facebook as Dinny Carmen, or go on over to my website, www.thesobermanifesto.com or www.orphicandabove.com. Fill out the contact form and I'll let you know from there where my next live is so you can join me and ask all the questions you like. And I guess that's it. That's the end of episode one, season two of The Sober Manifesto. It's a little different from the first series. This series we are definitely focusing on more of the business side of my people. Now, I just wanna be very, very clear. Even if you don't think you're in some kind of entrepreneurial position, let me tell you, mums out there, nine to fivers out there, dads out there, if you think you're in a kind of job where you can't be promoted, you have a brain inside your head and you've got a million great ideas. Who's to say you can't be the next person to come up with something magical, something amazing? We are all entrepreneurs. We all have the ability 
to have more, to be better, to win. We just gotta, I don't know, toggle our focus a little. Because like I said before, it isn't always about those big shiny things. And I know I'm sitting in my brand new dream home saying that, but being around, being away from the people that I loved during the summer for so long did make me reassess my thinking quite a lot. Now, here's, here's the biggest takeaway I want for you all today. If you want all those things, those big lavish cars and celebrity status, whatever it is, first you've got to focus on your foundation. When you focus on that, all the other stuff will come pouring in. Every day I get up in the morning and I look myself in the eye. And as soon as I started doing that, I realized it has been so long since I've even noticed who I am. There were new freckles on my face. There were new wrinkles. There was so much about myself that I had missed out on because I was avoiding it. I love this podcast. I love this community of people. And I love the ability to understand the difference between a positive and a negative mindset. Because every day I learn something. And every lesson brings me that little bit closer to my next level, to my next stage in life, to my next win. Thank you so much for being a part of Series 2, Episode 1, The Sober Manifesto. Next week, we're going to be diving a little bit more into the relationship between manifesting and entrepreneurial mindset and really talking about how important it is to have a support system. So until next week, my lovelies, you have an amazing day.